There's no way as a coach you can say that I have an experienced rationale above my players on something like the wall. Let's see, does this work together? And then if you get a good vibe off it, let's bring it in. If you don't, all right, coach. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. 14-man Limerick uh, eventually overcame Waterford in the Munster Hurling Championship yesterday. Noel Connors is with us now to offer some analysis on that. And Noel, first off, what's the level of disappointment like in the aftermath? Because it was right there for Waterford if they'd just been a little bit calmer. Yeah, and ironically enough, I think you've already kind of hit hit it right on the head. It was probably just that small bit of coolness in the brain when they got the opportunities, particularly when it came to crunch time in would say the last kind of five, ten minutes of the first half, but more so with the last kind of like 15, 20 minutes in the second half, Waterford just made poor decisions at times. But the expectation, I suppose, there was there probably wasn't much expectations after a relatively up and down league uh, campaign where I think they, they won two, drew one and lost two. But uh, there was probably no expectation. And I think a lot of teams, I think Tommy mentioned it yesterday on off the ball that uh, there's no expectation I suppose to beat Limerick it's about the performance and I think that that's what a lot of Waterford people expected was, was the performance um, and so the performance was really quite good it was very good um, and again we uh, there's so many different variables and factors it, it's uh, it goes to show how I suppose fickle and how complex <laughs> Uh, hurling and football is as a sport in the sense that you go back 12 months ago and Waterford were doing really well in the league and when it came to championship they were quite poor and quite the opposite has happened now where you had a relatively poor league campaign and yesterday hit the ground running so there's so many different variables and reasons behind that for for, for whatever reason it may be it's, it's far beyond my pay grade to, to give that but uh, yeah it's uh, it was a great experience to be there yesterday to see the lads really you know I suppose physically but also mentally and athletically match Limerick in so many different facets of the game an awful lot of the talk ahead of the game was about what would Davey do and I wasn't quite buying into that he would have some sort of tactical master plan that would somehow stymie Limerick but they did really crowd that middle area and made it very difficult from the Limerick puckouts in particular Callum Lyons had a great game and Keane Lynch like Keane Lynch couldn't run the show out there at all and also he seemed to change it quite often because one of the questions with like Limerick, if you get at them for 20 minutes, they're so good on the sideline, they'll change their tactics, that no matter what Limerick seemed to try, Waterford seemed to have an answer. So there was a real consistency to getting this right tactically throughout the game. Absolutely. And look, I think that the daily factor, to an extent, takes a lot of pressure off the players. As in, everyone talks about Davey and what he's going to do, where the players can just go turn up the train and, and, and train as hard as they can. And that's actually very beneficial as players because the expectation, again, is not on you. It's on you know your coach, and staff and the management. Um, and look, we're all well aware, like Davey has been around the block. He's been at schools level, the college level, club level, inter-county level, Munster, Leinster, etc. So he's well aware and he has probably as much experience as the next person when it comes to that. Um, I was very, very impressed how well they set up, particularly in the first half when Limerick had 15 and Wolf had 15. Yes, the game had changed quite dramatically when Limerick went down and Jack Fagan basically stood on the left-hand side where Limerick couldn't run into space. That obviously changed it to an extent where they couldn't get the out ball onto either side. But in this, even in the first half, they had set up really well. Genuinely, Limerick struggled. I was sitting right on the 21 and Limerick struggled to find passes. 
Whereas before, you know, you're hitting Gerald Hegarty, you're hitting Tom Morrissey, you're hitting Keane Inch into space, and they couldn't do that. It's the first time in a long time where I could honestly say that I can't remember where Limerick's half-forward line didn't actually dominate in the year. Uh, and I think that's hugely important. You go back to that amazing, you know, Kilkenny team where the Kilkenny's half-back line dominated most teams. And yesterday, Warford did very, very well on a very impressive half-forward line for, for Limerick. I know everybody says last year was a complete disaster for Waterford, but they won the first day out against Tipperary. And I was just checking the score. Second day uh, out was against Limerick, and it was uh, 30 points to 221. So, like, they aren't building off nothing, even though, like, generally it's accepted that last year was a complete disaster and the team started to leak and it all went off the rails. But, like, by the second round of the round robin in Munster last year they'd won one and lost one and they'd only lost by a couple of points to, to Limerick so uh, should we I mean should we have expected them to go right toe to toe with this Limerick side like they're probably not that far away really they're not and ironically enough when they played Limerick was it last year two years ago up, up at the Gaelic grounds they could have very easily won it up there also um, I just think that you kind of judge your expectation is based on last year's championship and coming towards the end of last year's championship, I remember watching the, the Clare matchup in Ennis, and I wasn't at the match. I remember watching it, I was kind of saying to myself, to, just seems to be a complete lack of energy, like completely unstructured, didn't really know what they were doing. And look, again, there's so many different variables, and I'm not in the inner circle to give you a good enough reason for that. But it just didn't see, seem to be themselves. And I know Jamie went off and Ty went off, both of them within 15 minutes of that match as well. Two massive players were offered. Um but for some reason, the latter half of the championship was, was very, very poor. And maybe because we don't expect that as well. Maybe your point is very valid in the sense we don't expect Warford to be that poor. There's always an expectation to be there, thereabouts for the last like five or ten minutes of a game. But that obviously wasn't the case towards the latter end of the championship. Did you see enough then in the performance yesterday to suggest that they'll be able to learn and absorb the lessons where the opportunities are there, where some of the the shots are just a little bit rushed when they didn't need to be. They actually had plenty of time on the ball for some of those wides and I think that'll be the most disappointing thing. Yeah, and I suppose it's, it's easy for us to kind of talk about it now. It was, like a, it was like a dagger to the heart at times when they had the opportunity, they had time, they had room and particularly in the first half, I think it was about 10 minutes left in the first half and Warford had three bad wides to the left-hand side. Each one of them more or less hit the exact same place on the left-hand side where the ball went up the far end of the field and someone like, you know, Keelish got on the ball and was straight over the bar. But we really had to work for our chances and our, our scores. Uh, and we didn't take them at times. And, like, listen, this is not to kind of, like, take an individual out of, you know, the whole, whatever was, was four, four minutes in the first half and seven the second half, so 81 minutes. It's not to take one individual moment. But even with, I think it was time was up just about, I think one minute of out of time, we were in that one minute and Austin got a ball and around the 65 and ran with it. And he seemed to have a lot of space, but then he ran with it and ran with it. And if he actually put the ball over the bar, we would have been one point in it with five minutes to go or six minutes to go. And I think that our backs would have been up in the sense that we had an extra man. We kind of had the momentum at that stage, but by the time that Austin had ran to the 21, Limerick had got two more fellas back. I think it was uh, Kyle Hayes and I think it could have been Darrow Donovan got back and basically kind of swallowed up the opportunity. Whereas if we were just that small but cooler, hit the ball over the bar, it might be in a very different game. Again, these are the small margins we talk when it comes to championship. Uh, what did you make of the couple of incidents involving the Limerick players that saw Garrod Hegarty sent off, and obviously the Seamus Flanagan tackle as well? They're, 
does seem to be a feeling that if Limerick aren't to win the All-Ireland this year, that it may be of their own doing, that that bit of discipline that, that's been there maybe throughout at times, and other people say it's just toughness, it's the physicality that uh, makes them so so good. What did you make of those two incidents? I, ironically enough... You didn't see it? I know, I did, I did, 100% saw it, and do you know what? I actually thought the first half of the game was very dead. It felt like I was... My little fellow was there, my wife was there, and I said to her after 10, 15 minutes, this feels like a league game because it was just very poor at stages. There was no atmosphere there whatsoever. And ironically enough, those hits by Gerald Hegarty, Seamus Fanagan, and a few others um, actually sparked into life. Uh, and I think that we have to be very careful that we don't actually lose the essence of like Hurling in the sense that you have to leave those hits go in as long as they're not intentional to hurt someone. Uh, I think they're a huge part of the game and I think most players will enjoy it in a strange way even though they might get hurt. Like you hear Camogie and his football going on for, for the last like 10 years talk about like more physicality, more physicality. The last thing we want to do is to try and take away the physicality. Um, and look, don't get me wrong, the Seamus Fanagan one, yes, it was a bit late, hit Stephen in the face, that's fine. I don't know in terms of, you now. this is again a different conversation is there like some sort of sighting thing? I'm not saying that there should be. It has no beneficial uh, outcome from the Warford game because if someone gets sighted after a match for hitting someone like that, it's the following couple of games where it might be clear in this coming week that they'll benefit from not having Seamus Fanagan. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's the right thing to do there. But these hits are going to take place. You go back to, you know, that great Kilkenny team, we always must judge or, you know, refer to things from great teams. That Kilkenny team, were amazing to watch and great team. And we've always spoken about those players being on the edge. I don't know how many times growing up as a kid where I heard somebody say, no, Tommy Welch plays on the edge. Tommy Welch played on the, on the edge and he was probably one of the best players ever to play. So I don't think that you can naively say, oh, all those hits happened and we should be very mindful of those. Yes, if someone goes in and hurt someone, absolutely send them off. But if Garrod Hegarty wasn't on a yellow card before that, it's a yellow card you get on with. Yeah. I don't think um, I know some people are going to go oh Hegarty's been sent off before I don't think that, that matters at all he's no. not going to think twice about this as the season goes on that's why he's so good that is why he is so good he is so good because he is on the edge um, one thing that did strike me was that the weather's shite and like uh, watching Harrington talk recently about like when the sun goes in the ball travels less It, I, I, I do wonder if that atmosphere at the start was partly because it was absolutely freezing and like it's April and this is still the Munster Heart these are the best games we're going to see all year and it's not summertime well it's not your home yeah. stadium either and look I contradict yeah. myself here because Claire lost but looking at the pictures from Ennis and it absolutely yeah. packed and the sun was shining there and you thought this is what it's about like the fact Waterford don't have a home stadium at, at least the at least they're getting it fixed you know mm. I, I, yeah uh, mid-June, mid-July, I think, will be somewhat closer, I think, to a finished stadium. Um, but mid-July is when these games I take your two points. No, I mean, and do you know what? These were things that I've thought about in my head as well. Home advantage is hugely important. I mean, like, there's no point in like, that conversation has been well traversed over the last number of years since we changed the format. Ironically enough, I had a conversation again where when I was walking up to the stadium, I missed that feeling of knock at Harlem. Uh, for the traditionalists in the sense that uh, I think that there has to be something on the line 
regardless of anything in life, I think there needs to be something on the line. Far more for just today. And I even heard it, and it kind of annoyed me to an extent on the television, I won't say what's said it, uh, where someone said, oh yeah, I have a free shot at Limerick next week. And I kind of said, well, not really, like because it's a championship game and you want to win your championship game. So I think that, I think there needs to be something on the line. If that was a knockout championship game, I think it would be a very different atmosphere there as well. I get the point on the weather. Uh, the weather actually wasn't too bad yesterday. Uh, in It was actually quite warm. We went out to the field yesterday after the match, um, and it was actually quite warm down there. Okay. Um, so, but like that, but I get your point. It was quite cold in the stadium under underneath the shelter, but and the pitch was actually quite warm. And that's a factor I think that Waterford have to play into as well. Like they played 81 minutes yesterday against a very good Limerick side, physically, emotionally, mentally, where you prepared. Like it's going to be very hard for them to try and get themselves up for Cork this week. They're in Cork. Again. One last thing, um, we, we've seen Limerick rack up massive scores and they're having massive wide counts because they're taking a huge number of shots. This is something Scale's been on uh, about on the Hurling Pod a good bit. And uh, Waterford managed to stop them being able to do that by clogging up the system. Is that a template for other teams to match? Now, everybody doesn't have the same physicality or uh, mm. at least the height that um, that Waterford have. Uh, but is there the bones of a template there for other teams to look at and try and pick a little bit away at, at Limerick? Yeah, and I do think, to be fair, I do think most teams are slowly trying to change things to suit. The, the one thing I'd be fearful of doing that is, like, Limerick are one team. You're, you're, like, Cork are going to play a very different game. Limerick play a different game. Clare play a different game, etc., etc., etc. I think that you're focused solely on playing Limerick. You might shoot yourself in the foot short term. So you might even get out of Munster to play him in a semi-final or a final. That'll be my one fear. But I do think it's definitely opening up the conversation for how to potentially get a Limerick. Now, that's easier said than done. You look at Limerick's bench yesterday. It's phenomenal. Incredible. Uh, and again, that's down to like a lot of work that was done in raised structures, schools, etc. But my fear factor for that would be and maybe, look, this is a thing as well in Wofford where we are probably looking at the same thing where we have Ballygunner that are going for was it, 10 in a row and everyone is talking about Ballygunner. You might never get to play Ballygunner um, because, you're so, you're, because you're so concerned about playing them and how they play that you forget that you just play, might have to play like a Romar Mountain or Lismore, etc. to get there and you might never get there. So that would be a fear factor. But I do think that more teams are slowly starting to change how they play. All right, no, we'll leave it there for now. Good stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Thanks, lads. Have a good morning. You too. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.